0: What's up, pals? Chris Sampson here. And before we start SMP48, just a little housekeeping. My sincerest apologies for the delay in the posting of this episode. I started a new job this week and Monday night I had to do even more shoveling from snowzilla, which ate up a lot of time for editing. But this is a great episode. This is our second episode of the new year. And we're we're still going strong. And we have a great show for you today. So in this episode, we introduce a new segment called Newsflash. For my topic, I talk about some recommended winter 2016 anime, specifically Erased. Andy talks about the conclusion of Robin War and The Walking Dead... Issue 150. And Stan talks about Resident Evil Zero HD. So kick back and relax and enjoy the episode. Peace.
1: What's up, pals? Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 48 of Super Nerd Pals. I'm one of your hosts, Stan Godersky, and joining me this week, Andy Carisquillo. Hey, 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 hey! Meanwhile, at the closet, Chris
2: Sampson. Hey, yo! Back at the closet.
0: <laughs> I, I miss, I really miss, you know, just recording live and it was just so much fun and uh this it, it, it's kind of depressing being back in the closet actually <laughs> like, i miss i miss my bros i mean <laughs> i can't
2: imagine being in a closet is not depressing to R. Kelly.
0: i mean really i mean a lot of podcasters they they record from their closet but it's like no i i i need to be in person you know it's just just doesn't You can't beat the experience.
1: Well, because of the snow, I wasn't able to bring the whole podcasting equipment with me, and we're not even recording in our usual spot. Although I kind of like this spot better, to be honest.
0: Compared to our last live recording, like Andy's setup in the kitchen is, uh, it had like really good vocals and acoustics. Like it was really clean sounding, and I don't know. I really, I really appreciated and uh, Andy's uh, kitchen.
1: I mean, you're There's not gonna me. appreciate my like whole setup that I had out here with the whole, oh, and like, your setup, your <laughs> sexy setup with like right. with your uh, right.
0: with your mono shield foam. Sting. My
1: foam shield. I don't know. Yeah, maybe pop, we
2: we filter. might make this the recording spot from now on.
1: Yeah, but I don't want to bother like your family.
2: Nah, because
1: we're just like sitting here. I and... bother
2: them all the time. <sighs> when I used to record YouTube videos, I would go to my mom and be like, "Don't leave your room for like until I told you to." And then I would record, and then I'd be like, All "Well, right, that's kind of
1: mean." Now that's on the internet forever. Well, <laughs> <Like> a- <laughs>
2: now they now now they know <laughs> an endless like how I I just tell
0: anti shrine to your don't brother. do that. shit.
1: okay? How was the snow, guys? You enjoyed the snow this week? No, fuck the snow.
0: I, I, I hate snow.
2: Where's because, the summer like,
0: at? I don't. It's it's so bad because when you're an adult, you had to do adult things. You know, you got to shovel like
1: shovel your car out of the snow, Chris, oh, for dude, four I, hours. I was doing that for
0: like four hours, and or pl- the snow plowers they were, I, I was like two hours in to shoveling out my car, and the snow plowers like oh. On the good news is they extended the 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 road to like two lanes, <laughs> so there was enough snow for or enough. there was enough snow that's for sure (laughs) there was enough snow that was cleared so like two lanes of traffic can go but it just created a massive wall of more snow around my car so it took another two or two and a half hours to get my car clear and it was just really annoying and
1: uh, i heard dc had like record snowfall
0: yeah see okay let me put it this way like dc metro and maryland They literally do not know how to handle snow. Back in, like, 2010 or 11, when the last snowmageddon happened, they declared a state of emergency kind of late, but the entire state ran out of salt. They could not salt the roads and the highways after a few days. You see these memes all the time on, like, Facebook and Twitter, where, like, everyone in D.C. and Maryland is raiding the grocery stores for bread and milk and losing their minds and, yeah... So.
1: Well, for I mean, like, Manhattan was fine. Like, they, they handled their shit in Manhattan. But then you go to Brooklyn, Queens, and it's just, like, it's Mad Max out here. Yeah. Like, it's just it's just snow instead of desert. It's just wild. You can't even cross the street. There's, like, corners of the fucking street where you just can't cross. I,
2: I literally walked to work this morning in the middle of the street. Yeah, because there were no cars out. There was nothing. So I was like, fuck this. And nobody nobody going to do any actual work. And I just walked to work in the middle of the there street. There was like
1: sidewalks where <laughs> the path was just as wide as like a shovel. So you know someone just went once and was like I'm done. Went inside. Like fuck that. Stop being lazy, people. Anyway, news flash. We need like a sound effect here. <laughs> and it just it needs to be like I'm think I'm deciding I'm between like the Fred Flintstone feet, the, the you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the, or like like a speed bullet kind of like like, um, not as fast as the actual Flash, because we're not that like, like fast, a, but, like, like... I'm a pew, like, pew gun? No, I'm thinking, pew. like, like Roadrunner or a Speedy Gonzalez level of mm. speed. It's like, Senior Browns, <laughs> like... yeah, what I'm thinking
0: is, like, Million Dollar Man, like...
1: No, the Bionic shit's different. This is got to be like... Like, it's got to... It's got to be indicative speed, but not too fast.
0: Uh well, I do, like, Speedy, Speedy Gonzales or, like, Roadrunner, like, beep, beep, and, like, beep.
2: So we're going to be, like, Sonic? Sonic. But that'll be too, like, Sonic, Sonic. the Hedgehog. Gotta, yeah.
0: gotta go fast.
1: Gotta go fast.
0: Sonic. Sonic. Sega. Fun little dun, dun, note, dun, dun, that little dun, Sega dun. bit,
2: that little Sega bit took up a gig on the Genesis cartridge. I know, it takes up, like, the most space for that shout. Yeah, That's crazy. all right. Anyway, news flash:
1: Suicide Squad trailer dropped this week. Yeah, La- last week. That was- whenever you listen to it, whenever you listening to the show, it was before this show came out. <laughs> that, the, that the trailer came out. All right, it said. You know what? It said trailer one, but I don't think it was trailer one. It was trailer two. It, but it said trailer one. They're trying to. It's like that was like a teaser. That thing from before.
2: That was like. I don't know if I consider like a minute and a half a teaser. I
1: know, right? I don't know what, what the defined rules are for teasers and trailers. There's, there's teasers of teasers now. There's like <laughs> <laughs> there's trailers for trailers. It's crazy out there.
0: See, my metric is a teaser is around thirty seconds. Once the clip goes into at least a minute or a minute and a half, on it's a trailer. I don't know.
2: So then this is the second trailer.
0: Because I mean, I mean, it's not my rules. I'm their quote start.
2: unquote teaser was like I'm going off of what I saw a on YouTube. Anyway. I mean. Was, well, we don't have to go
1: on go all up into it. I'm just saying it it dropped. I you want you want to talk about it right now, or you want to like go through the rest of the flash and just come back to it?
2: I guess we'll go through the rest of the flash. All right. Back. Wonder
1: Woman got a teaser. Wonder Woman got a teaser. Didn't see it, Chris? You saw? It? I saw.
0: It. it looks really good. Um, I think in general DC DC and their movie properties they're looking really strong. Before I was on the fence, a little bit ambivalent and curious, but now I'm like, what the hell? This looks amazing. I'm all in. So. Yeah, uh, go go see that Wonder Woman thing. Uh, it was it was part of a special hosted by Kevin Smith. It was called Dawn of the Justice League. It was like this half hour or hour long special where on on CW where Kevin Smith and a whole bunch of other uh, showrunners and special guests they're just running through amazing Justice League DC IP TV and movie stuff, and it was really cool. I missed it. Um, I'm not sure if it's available online or uh, or I don't, I, and I didn't DVR it, but if there's a, some way you could watch or if, if there's anyone who knows how to watch it again, let us know. Um, but they have Suicide Squad was part of that, Wonder Woman was part of that, the reveal, like Aquaman, and the actress who plays uh, Mira was part of that. So it was a giant, huge DCU extravaganza. Sounds okay. good.
1: Yeah, they also they also went into some multiverse multiverse uh, talk that got cut. I heard. Yeah, yeah, that was that you was know, a big like...
0: article with Kevin. Um, they were saying he he didn't know it was it was striking too close to the bell, or it was part of some NDA, but he was basically saying he was upset that Grant Grant Justin wasn't going to be cast as the Flash in the movies, and that Ezra Miller is going to be in the movie or he's going to be the movie Flash, and he's also going to be Barry, Barry Allen and not Wally West. And basically, Kevin was like, oh, hey, what about the multiverse? Because that's what DC's known for. And the showrunners were like, ah. and like, they're, like they couldn't really say anything, but they, the most they said, they'll keep the door open to ideas. So we'll see what happens.
1: Listen, I'm calling it right now. You go back a few weeks, months on this show, and I, this theory of mine is well-documented, my yeah. my multiverse DC TV movie theory. If this happens, if this comes to pass, it isn't Kevin Smith who called it. It's Stan Giderski who called it. So you heard it here first, people. If this happens,
0: that's it. You know, this podcast Done. in general is, has been really, really good statistically of predicting future events and announcements. So
2: I feel like we just know the market so well and like... Kevin Smith, are you listening? Give me a call.
1: Have some coffee. Talk about our, our theories. A little powwow. Anyway, uh, last bit of news for the Flash. The News Flash. The Flash of news. The News Flash is that they announced that Steve Rogers is coming back as Captain America.
0: <sighs> well, for those who don't know, like uh, Steve Rogers isn't dead, but what happened? He's old. He's, yeah, he aged. Because the super serum was like removed from his body or... Something similar to that,
1: because that's possible. Uh, basically,
0: there was something something wrong or adverse happened to the super serum, which caused him to age rapidly. So he became more of a, like a support slash Nick Fury kind of character. But now he's back, and it's going to be two- first of
1: all, he was frozen in ice, right? So I don't think like it's not an exact science, but I feel like he wouldn't really age anyway. Even if they took the super-soldier serum out? Because I feel like he was in stasis. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, when you're in ice, ice,
2: ice. uh, your cells don't... Like, they move slower. So I feel like he should have just been depowered, honestly,
1: right? And the other problematic thing is that Sam Wilson is still Captain America. So now there's going to be two Captain Americas. Two Captains America. Sam
0: Wilson hasn't been Cap America for for that long. I I think maybe like six months? Or maybe, not maybe I think here. I, don't know. I
2: think Sam Wilson's costume looks way fucking better than Steve Rogers. Though. I I don't
1: I like Steve Rogers as Captain America, but Sam Wilson is Captain America now, and they're they're not giving him room to breathe. They're not like it's almost like they're cannibalizing the Captain America thing. And there's there's this, I don't want to go into too deep into it because I could probably like complain for a whole hour about this shit. But if you want to check out an article that really echoes my my feelings about this situation, um. Andrew Wheeler wrote a really good article on comicsalliance.com. We're going to put the link in the show notes for you can look at it. But it's basically the title, the headline is America Divided. Does it diminish efforts at diversity if minority heroes have to share a name? And it's like, it's an interesting topic that raises some good questions. And if you're listening, you should definitely check it out. We're going to put the the link in the show notes. Chris, right?
0: I'm All I'm all over it.
1: So take a read. If you if you feel some kind of ways about it, let us know. You're not alone. And that was the news flash. So we have a few minutes. Do You want to talk about Suicide Squad? Okay.
2: Yeah, Suicide Squad trailer looked amazing. Uh, really hyped me up for the movie. Uh, shows me that I know a lot of people were complaining about Will Smith as Deadshot, but I fucking love Will Smith. And I think he's I that I was not he's my problem. So great with Deadshot. Um, my big problem is just Harley Quinn. I'm not feeling it. Can you explain to me why you don't... I'm just not feeling Cause, it.
0: Because it's not... It's it's not classic Paul Dini Harley Quinn. It's like New 52 Harley Quinn.
1: Like, real talk, is it because of the accent? She doesn't have that accent. No, 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 that's
2: not it at <laughs> all. Are you a fan of Mother um, Bobby
0: and her work? Or you don't like... Uh, I mean, she's...
2: I don't know. I'm just like... I don't know. Like, the trailer didn't... Like, produce enough psychopath to make me convinced that this is harley quinn Mm. like i don't know it just seems like some rando chick with a bat Mm. that like is kind of psychotic but not really
0: like i i'm i'm really i really enjoy this harley quinn performance by margot robbie but my my big issue is the direction they're taking the origin story because there's this one shot in the trailer where, like, both the Joker and Harley Quinn are in the, the chemical vat. I, I'm guessing it's the Ace Chemicals vat. There's all these colors bleeding out. So I assume that they're harkening back to this new 52 origin of Harley Quinn where, like, the both of them... Either, like, the both of them fell or, like, Joker pushed Harley into the vat.
1: No, it happened later. So Joker... Joker was already the Joker. Harley Quinn was his his therapist or whatever, and then he convinced her to help him escape, I think. And then and then he, being the Joker, puts her in the vat of chemicals to like make her the same as he is, and so that's
0: basically how. Okay.
1: So I think that's what they're doing in this one too. I don't think it's at okay because
0: I really, I really love the Mad Love storyline. I really wish. I mean, I, we don't know. We haven't seen that part yet, but I, I really hope that this new Harley still has ties to her like psychiatric Holly Har- and Quinzel past because yeah, I I think that Paul Dini and his work is so seminal and I think it's only right
1: I, I feel like it has to be because then that's that's a that's a, a very specific important part of her character that is that, that she has that background And this and this yeah.
0: is her first cinematic appearance ever ever which is amazing it's it's, it's so cool and uh Ugh. yeah
2: I don't know maybe maybe another when trailer two comes out or when i see the movie it might sway my uh my decision but as of right now i'm not feeling harley quinn
1: i thought it's fine i i like her portrayal of harley quinn i i feel like it's not it's not as over the top and i think that's fine because it's like i i don't really like carly when she's so over the top so i i don't know i guess i'll have to see too but i i like what i see so far what i don't like so much is the joker yeah. <laughs> and how he looks and
2: I actually really like how the Joker looks in the suit.
0: Oh yeah yeah it's harkening back to like one of those classic Joker covers. Um, I can't, I don't remember what's... Yeah,
2: I think he looks so well in the suit. So, like, I don't... Out of
1: the suit, he looks like shit. I don't mind his tattoos even so much. I think they're really stupid, but they don't bother me as much anymore as his grill is bothering me. Especially when I see it in motion and I see it moving and talking and smiling. I'm like, that looks really stupid. And I'm so distracted by your, by your, like, glittery teeth.
0: My beef is, like, the damaged tattoo. Yeah, that's my biggest problem. I felt, like, after the first image came out, you know, I thought, like, after the fan cry, they would at least, you know, take off the damage tattoo, but it's still on. It's like, I... Like, Stan like, is distracted by the mouth. I will be distracted by Jared Leto's forehead the entire movie. Yeah.
2: Maybe, maybe if this is Jason Todd, we won't have to look at his forehead much longer because he'll cover it with a red hood. No, so what I'm saying is that,
1: like, the only thing that'll make sense to me is if it's Jason Todd. Like, if... Because why the hell would you get Joker and a smile and, like, yeah, t- haha is tattooed on your arm and shit. If
0: you're if you're the original Joker, and
2: back to like the girls thing, maybe maybe it's not girls. Maybe it's like replacement teeth because Joker knocked them the fuck or out. Batman.
0: Yeah, I was I was like Batman, like punches his teeth out so many times, and he has to he has to replace his teeth. Or um... no
2: no fan theories.
1: I I feel I feel like real like teeth are a lot creepier than like shiny teeth for the Joker. You know, like it just feels like it's. It takes away from his like because if his smile if his his smile looks natural but it's like naturally like really twisted. Yeah. That's creepier than it looking like a messed up grill or whatever. That's true. You know?
0: I so, besides I like agree. modern dentistry, anyway. you can have fake teeth that look like the real thing. So Zack Snyder or or Ayer, whoever's something Ayer. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I just you can I don't know, you he can have super teeth. Like you do whatever you want. You know, like Batman probably gets punched in the face all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: whatever. You don't see him getting like Batman tattooed on his on the chest. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Anyway, that was the Dude. news flash for this week.
0: Uh, you guys want to get into the show? Let's get into the show. All right, um, Chris, you want to take it away? I will take it away. So this weekend, uh, as we all know, it was it was Snowzilla. Its wrath was all-knowing and all-powerful. And, you know, I... Unlike other people who are brave and, you know, they love the snow, I I was shut into my apartment and I was so happy because I could catch up with a lot of things. I watched a lot of anime this week... Or this weekend. Um, in part, because... Um, because I just love anime. And also, in pre- preparation for our website... Um, over the weekend, we did... SuperNerdPals.com. SuperNerdPals.com. Thank you, Stan. Uh, we did a lot of updating in the last few months. Like, we have a new format, new um, new theme, thanks to Stan. He found this really awesome theme. It looks really crisp and fresh. Um, I added some new widgets. I, I, I updated our backlog, so all of our posts are updated. So now we can move forward and be totally updated. Um, thanks, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and, uh, part of my, I guess, New Year's resolution slash personal crusade is to do an anime blog, uh, specifically for the stuff that's coming out this winter 2016 season, and there's a lot of g- cool stuff coming out, so, um, let's, I'm gonna run down the stuff I watched, and I highly, like, I do there's, like, a ton of titles that came out this season, but these particular titles, I highly recommend. So, go on to Hulu Plus, Crunchyroll, Funimation, and just find these titles. So, Prince of Stride, Assassination Classroom Season Two, Dagashi Kashi, and Haruta and Chika. So these are those are four animes that came out this season, which I will I promise I will write about later uh, or in the next few weeks. I just schedule stuff, but it will come out. It'll be awesome, but just go and watch them. But for my topic this week, I'm going to talk about this mind-blowing anime uh, that came out, and it's only two episodes in, at least on Hulu Plus. It's called Erased. That, that's the English name. Like the Japanese name is called Boku dake ga inai machi. Uh, so say that ten times fast. Um, but this is this is one of those. Animes that like really screws through your head, like in the way that like Interstellar or uh, like or like Inception does, is like this really thought provoking, intriguing concept. So, it's a fantasy thriller anime um, based off of a manga and a light novel, as as, as a lot of animes are nowadays. It's about this twenty nine year old manga artist. Named Satoru Fujinuma. And he experiences this phenomenon called revival. And think of it like... So, sort of like Life is Strange. Or um, he has this ability where it's totally unconscious. Um, or not under his control. That whenever something bad happens around him... Time skips back like one minute to five minutes. And it keeps repeating... Until he figures out what happened and averts the tragedy, so like in the beginning, um, he stops a little kid from being run over by a truck, and it's really cool how they handle it. Um, but the big, like the the cl- the main premise, the like sh- like I was not expecting this. It was like it was a huge mindfuck, where he's been haunted by this memory of this missing child. Uh, that he was classmates with when he was, like, eight years old. And she disappeared, and she got killed by some sexual predator. And for some reason we don't know yet, his mom gets murdered. And it's tied to this one specific girl that, that died before. And so, Fujinuma discovers his mom dead, stabbed, murdered. And he gets teleported back all the way, like... 15 years ago or 20 years ago where he's now like a 12 year old kid and, and now the main conflict of the story is he, he has to try to figure out how to prevent his mom's death and it's related to this girl that had died before so this is all this really trippy like chaos theory butterfly effect kind of stuff
1: is he 12 the entire show?
0: <clears throat> um, he's a 29 year old man Mentally, but he's in the body of a twelve-year-old. So, like, he's Detective Conan. Yeah, i was te- yeah, yeah, just gonna say Conan, that. Yeah, but um, wow, like, I, it's only two episodes in, but I am so hooked on this, and I just, I, I, this makes me want to read up more about like quantum mechanics and like chaos theory and butterfly effects and whatever, just to like.
1: Is there any like weird boobs in it? No,
0: no, no. It's <laughs> okay. it's it's.
1: You gotta gauge what kind of anime you're talking about. Uh,
0: it's not. It's just there's it
1: like so. There's no random cheesecake. No, there's out of is no cheesecake. It. There's all no
0: fan right. service. It's, just, it's like it's it, t- it plays it serious, which I which right, I good. really enjoy. Because like if there was like random booby flashing or whatever, I would just be like, I I lost all respect for this anime. I can't take it seriously. <laughs> just like High School of the Dead, I really wanted to watch, really wanted to enjoy High School of the Dead because I love zombies and apocalypses, but it just killed it. Maybe we'll need- be
2: glad you didn't because it got canceled. Uh, yeah. All you need to know about
1: High School of the Dead is the intro. Seriously, like just that is just like that's the show. It's like it's pretty, gra- it's pretty yeah. ridiculous. Yeah.
0: So, yeah this this anime is just like it's crazy, mind blowing. The animations, it's like it's like really cinema. I, mean, I know this. It's like stupid to say, like or it's it's a given, but like. This feels really cinematic and like like really high production values and like the pacing it feels like like a really well produced Netflix detective series. Ugh, it's so good and the pacing's really good and like the animators and the writers they, like they know the exact beats like where to hit and where to like keep you hanging and I just I cannot I literally cannot wait for next or next week. I'm not exactly sure what days it comes out. Um, but I have it favorited on Hulu, so I cannot wait for the next episode. I'm trying to be somewhat vague or not go too much into it, like I, uh, because I want to do like a, a much deeper analysis on the website. But you have to watch this. If any, like, if nothing else on this list of anime I've just mentioned, you really have to watch Erased. So, any got any thoughts? Are you guys interested in this anime now?
2: Yeah, I definitely want to check it out. It sounds really interesting and really trippy. Mm.
1: Sounds interesting, but I, I, you know what, man? Like, everyone's, like, a kid in anime. Yeah. You know so what you're saying, not down like? with the whole
2: Detective Conan?
1: If he was, like, 29, you know, if he was, like, pulling some Barry Allen shit and like he was, time like... time traveling yeah, shit? Yeah, like, actual, like, time cop stuff.
2: That would be pretty cool, too.
1: I don't know, man. Like, I feel there's too much focus on, on high school-aged kids in anime.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, these guys are a lot younger. They're, like... Twelve or like eleven or something like that. So, but even maybe so, you can sell, but you know, I don't, it is a, it is an anime trope. You know, a lot of a lot of high school, a lot of you know younger, skewing toward the younger ages. But so I, I give you that, yeah, definitely. But um, but don't let it stop you, Stan. This is really cool. I, I, <laughs> I, uh, I just at least watch the pilot. I'll watch the pilot. So that was it. Um, so I'll look out for. My deeper analysis and review of the anime and all the other titles. Uh, I'm being pretty ambitious about this anime blog because that's just like the short list. Chris, what's that website again? Oh, oh supernerpels.com. Yeah, oh, all right, yeah. that's great. Super-
1: and, and and Chris, if the listeners want to hear more audio uh, anime talk, yes. what, what can oh, they do? Oh, well,
0: glad you asked because in like two weeks or so, we're launching our sister spin-off podcast all about anime, weird anime mind you, called Anime is Weird.
1: Chris, let's be serious. It's all it's weird. All, it's all weird. There's just varying degrees exactly. of weird.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
2: Tell me, tell me if there's not one weird situation in any of these fucking animes you listed. Beautiful Bones as weird, right? A- assassination cra- Classroom. Assassination
0: Classroom as weird. is definitely weird.
1: Honestly, the 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 most tame one is probably Prince of Stride.
0: Uh, actually, well, hmm, hmm. <laughs> uh, I would give you okay. Well, Prince of Stride. Uh, for those who don't know, Prince of Stride is a, is a sports anime, and it's all about parkour uh well like a variation of parkour stride is like a really really intense relay race throughout the city where it incorporates elements of free riding and parkour um
1: can i just say that that anything prince of is like my favorite name for like anything like that's like it's like my least favorite name for anything is anything that starts with rise of. <laughs> and, like I immediately hate whatever it is when it when it uses rise of but prince of is like my favorite shit ever. I wish everything was prince of. Like prince of Rocket League would be like my anime, <laughs> you know, like pr- prince of prince fucking of Wars. cookies. <laughs> <laughs> just prince of podcasts, yeah. you know? Like just, just throw prince of in front of anything and or princess whatever. You know, but like I just like that whole like you're so good at something where you have so much potential in something that you are immediately just royalty yeah. <laughs> like just automatic royalty in it. It just it's it's different than saying like you're the boss of something or you're the best at something. Like if they'd called it Prince of Pokemon, <laughs> like I would have been all over it.
0: Your Pokemon royalty. I just want to say, like one more thing. Like the most normal anime I think from this list is called uh, is ha- Haruta and Chika, um, which is basically like another high school uh, centric anime where it's all about this, I guess, like orchestral music club. There's this girl who is a tomboy and she falls in love with the flute, and it's a story about how. This girl joins this music club and their adventures, they go on together and eventually they become like Japan's number one, like orchestral high school club.
2: Now is this, now is this anime called Princess
0: of Orchestra? No, no.
1: Princess of Music. It should
0: be. It should be. But I, I, and so far I think that's like the most normal anime, but like, I mean, again, normal is a... Re loose, loose So, like if you watch it there might be things might be some moments where you're like oh that's curious and that's weird but and comparison to the others like like okay well this one i i really this one in terms of weird it's 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 more like quirky but dakashi, dakashi kashi is like I've never laughed so much in my life watching an anime like this one. Um, dagashi dagashi is basically a, it's a it's a japanese word for like cheap japanese sweets or candies so it's a, it's another food it's a food anime and i have like a, a really huge soft spot for food anime so this anime is all about this kid and his Dad runs a family business of a, of a sweet shop and it's been in the family for like eight or nine generations and the dad wants the kid to carry on the legacy, but the kid wants to become a manga artist. So it goes into this wild surreal misadventure where this late this girl uh, who's the daughter of a, the president of this super amazing, really really famous Japanese sweets company, and the entire anime, they're split up into like mini vignettes, like fifteen minutes each, where she's trying to convince him to take on the family business uh, because she wants to hire her dad for her father's company. And it's just really bizarre because, like, like she is extremely quirky and just really out there. But it was it's really funny, and they go into like super deep cuts about Japanese candy. So, if you want, like, a crash course and you want to become a professional and, like, anything Japanese candy related, you have to watch this anime. And it's just amazing. So, that's another type of weird, but I ramble too much about anime. I'm sorry, guys. Let, let's, get, <laughs> let's move on to the next topic.
1: I'm just, I was being polite and letting you finish. Andy, <laughs>
2: comic books, take it away. Hey, so this, uh, this week I actually read the conclusion of Robin Wars. Conclusio! <laughs> And Walking Dead issue 150. Both of them I have like really little to say about it. So that's why I'm doing two instead of the usual one. But Robin War uh, conclusion did not go where I thought it was going to go. It's very weird. I feel like the Robin Wars conclusion. Can you without spoilers? Yeah. All right. I feel like the Robin War conclusion actually really ends in the next issue of Grayson. Mm. Because something happens Some... to Dick to Dick Grayson that leads more questions. Like something that open...
1: sexy happened to Dick Grayson? Not really. Oh, man.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Not like Barbara looking at his ass and like, that's, that's Grayson.
1: That was my favorite part of that annual. Anyway, keep going.
2: Um, so yeah, uh... I got to see the Robins kick a lot of ass. Um, the main character from Robin Wars, uh, he actually becomes really, like, I don't want to say close, but uh, maybe Damien's first real friend. It was really interesting. And there's a, a funny part where, um, where Duke, like, he's walking through this alley and it's like really like it's pitch black and he's like i know you're there robin just pop out and say hi and then robin responds with i'm robin i don't just pop out and say hi and he was like oh you cut the bullshit uh i know you're not really busy right now do you want to go like catch a movie and then robin replies back with i'm robin i don't just watch movies and then he like accepts Duke's offer and he's like, I'll let you know. I'm Robin and I do not eat popcorn. So it's like, it's just really weird. Um, I think, I think it's really interesting to see that Duke and like Robin are friends. So now I want to see if this integrates into Robin war. Uh, we are Robin. If, if, uh, if Damien's actually going to like pop up here and there and. We are Robin, which will be nice to see. My only problem with it was that the conclusion ends in Grayson, which isn't a problem for me, but it's a problem for anyone who was, like, reading this who doesn't read Grayson. So it's kind of... Kind of sucks on their end. Can I ask you a quick question? What's up?
1: Do you Does it bother you that Grayson's not Nightwing? Like, do you wish that this was still Nightwing?
2: Actually, the Court of Alice kind of brings that up. They want the whole point of the court of owls is for them to like bring Grayson to either being a part of the court of owls or being nightwing again. Mm. So, I mean, it's not a problem for me. I'm just a huge Dick Grayson fan in general. But do you and think he's cooler? I feel he will take this mantle back as nightwing again. Mm. It's just a matter of when he's done with whatever he's doing at spiral. Cause yeah. I mean, he didn't even, he's not even on this mission. Like Batman put him here. There, Mm. Batman gave him the mission to infiltrate Spiral and like learn what they know, and it seems like Grayson's almost at that point where he's gonna take down Spiral, and once he does, I feel like he can return as Nightwing again.
0: Cool. And oh, Andy, uh, one more thing. Like, uh, I haven't been keeping up with like the Spiral arc stuff. Is is that resolved? Is that still ongoing, or is what's Grayson like infiltrating Spiral? Is that has that been resolved or?
2: Uh, he took down one of the leaders, of Spiral, and now, like, there's another leader. So, he's taking her down next. Like, that's, yeah, that's kind of his, the path he's going on.
0: Do you have an idea of the trajectory of what or how Grayson will be Nightwing again? Or is that not, I mean, you you hinted that Court of Owls is kind of hinting at that, but do you have any personal theories, or? Um...
2: Not really, uh, I feel like Batman's return will be the reason Dick Grayson comes back, uh, because once Batman kind of left, like, Dick Grayson was kind of dicking around, like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing now, so, I mean, like, he had an objective, but he kept giving insight, like, he kept getting insight from Batman, and Batman was kind of, like, his, his resource on, uh, all the people in Spiral's. And, uh, Batman was just kind of helping him out. And now that Batman's gone, like he had to kind of uncover shit on his own. And I feel like that caused the book to, uh, to be, well, that arc to be just a little longer than it would have if Batman was helping him mm. because I'm no fan of Batman, but wait,
0: Batman in general or like Jim Gordon <laughs> it, Batman, or, okay.
2: Well, just in general. I'm, like, not the biggest fan of Batman. But I feel like Dick Grayson would have been able to do it if, like, Spiral doesn't watch everything that they do. Like, this hypnos that they have implanted in him, it sees everything that he sees. So if he's looking at something, they can just hack into it and see what he's seeing. And then they've also showed that that the hypnos can also brainwash you. So it knocks you out. Well, it... It knocks you out, but you're subconsciously still working for them, and they can control your body and your actions and everything.
0: This reminds me a lot of that um, of that one guy. Have you have you seen um, Agents of Shield?
2: I've watched like the first eight episodes. It was like
0: the, the character Deathlock. Um, he was like the father who got. I don't I don't know if he got brainwashed. No, he he, he was a he was a war hero or war vet. Who then got like mechanical augmentation, and then he got absorbed into Hydra, and they he he became an unwilling agent. And they had like similar, um, I guess, uh, similar mechanics to the hypnos, where like they could see everything that he sees through his eyes, and then even if he resisted, he could still be uh, like subconsciously controlled and manipulated.
2: Well, that's the thing. Now that now that dick is uh aware that they can do this like it he's been really good at like resisting it so you can resist it um i guess it's just a matter if you know it's happening because i guess they can do it like while you're sleeping wake you up and whatever but dick grayson has recently been like resisting it and i know the backlash of him resisting it is like his eyes start to like bleed so i don't know so, I don't know where this is going, but, um, hopefully with, I can't spoil anything because of Robin War, but, um, hopefully this will be an interesting turn in Grayson's point for, uh, at the end of Robin War. Yeah. Good stuff. For Walking Dead issue 150, it wasn't as crazy of an issue as I thought it would be. Not, not a lot happened. Rick just, dis- Declared that he's uh he's gonna make an army, and uh, he got all of the people on his side. Rick almost got assassinated, which was crazy, by his own people, and he killed the one guy by biting into his neck, which was fucking amazing. And then the other guy, um, he had Michonne like run after him and like capture him, and I thought Rick was gonna execute him. But instead, Rick turned him into the first recruit of the army. So, yeah. And I feel like Negan's gonna play a big part on why they went against, like, the uh, Whisperers. And Negan's my favorite fucking character, so he better not die. Nothing bad. Nothing bad happens to Negan, <laughs> or else.
1: But isn't he a villain, though? Shouldn't he be, like, dying?
2: He is a villain, but Rick decided that, um,. He doesn't want to go through this like kill everybody that opposes me. He wants to do like a jail system. Mm. So I feel like once Negan, once Negan has served his time, Rick will Rick will release him.
0: That's 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 going to end well. Negan to be like, "Fuck you, Rick." Maybe...
2: I
1: served
0: my time. No,
2: it actually seems Negan seems very very like confident on being Rick's right hand. Like that's what he wants. And he's even told Rick several times, "All I want is for you to trust me." And then Rick's like, "Well, how the fuck am I going to trust you? You murdered like all of these people."
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. But yeah, what do the zombies got to say about this?
0: They're just part of the. Be- mm-hmm. They're just part of the scenery. <laughs> They're
2: just- <Right>. uh- <laughs> yeah, this really stopped being about a war of zombies to like fucking people versus people with zombies. Sometimes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But it's really good. I like the drama in it. I like the uh, the anticipation, the build-up. Everything's really good about The Walking Dead. The only thing which really, really sucks, and it's like the hardest part of The Walking Dead to always get through, is at the end of one arc to the beginning of a next arc. Like that in-between point, it's always a fucking drag.
0: Do they do filler? Or they...
2: Uh... It's kinda like filler, I guess. Um it's like in between shit, like like recently between the Negan arc and the uh the Whisperers arc, which was this time it was really short compared to Governor between Governor and Negan. But now this arc like that in between arc was just about like how they were living and, like, who got assigned to what and what new was happening and just fill in for all the characters. And I just hate those parts. I feel it's really, really slow, and I don't really care for right.
0: it.
2: Mm. But yeah, that's it about comics.
1: Funny you should mention these in-between issues because Star Wars does a similar thing, but I love Star Wars in-between issues. Like, um... This is this is my shadow about this past week. Star Wars fifteen came out, mm. and it's it's post it because it, the um Devader Down arc just yeah. finished, so they're starting up the next storyline. But in between, they do the Obi Wan old old Ben Kenobi stories that happen between Episode three and Episode four. And Star Wars fifteen is my f- my favorite single issue of Star Wars so far. Like it is the best Star Wars comic. Um, you know, Jason Aaron writes it. Um, the art in this issue was by Mike Mayhew, and it's, like, phenomenal art. It's the best art of the series, I think. It looks a lot like Ralph McQuarrie paintings of just vistas of, like, Tatooine and, like, you get, like, Tatooine at night, Tatooine during the day, different, like, geographical locations, so it's not just, like, desert. You get rocks and, like, canyons, and, and you see you see Obi-Wan um, sort of He's a little older, so he's starting. He's starting to gray out, and like he looks pretty cool because he start. He's starting to get old. His robes getting frayed, but he's not old yet. And Luke is is um, he's young, right? But he's not. He's not. He's a he's a little kid, but he's not like like a toddler or anything anymore. So he's a little bit older, and it, it kind of goes into why Obi Wan was sort of forbidden to see luke and to like train him as a jedi on tatooine and they kind of go into the reasons of why that is and it's just it's a great issue because you go into a little bit more about obi-wan and like how his like exile on tatooine is going and like it just it's so cool. Like, there's something really badass about Obi Wan, like alone in the desert, and like he he takes up a job for the Jawas because they need protection from from um, Tusken Raiders. And so there's this whole section of the comic book where Obi Wan's like meditating in the desert at night in front of the sand crawler, and like a bunch of sand people just show up to attack. And then you see Obi Wan like with a staff because he he doesn't use his lightsaber, so he's just like fighting like Tusken Raiders in the desert. And that ties into him deciding, because he he ends up fighting them all night, like Obi Wan just fighting like masses of sand people all night <laughs> to protect the Jawas, so he can get some parts. Because the whole thing is that Luke crashes uh, a speeder from his his uncle. His uncle owns, and like he wants to get the parts for for Luke, so he he has a deal with the Jawas to like get these parts. And so it's like it's it's all this stuff going on, but it's it's so cool to see Obi Wan like doing all this badass shit in the desert and trying to not give himself away as being a Jedi, but, like, totally being a Jedi at the same time. And the art's great, and it's just... it just It's fucking awesome. If, if you only ever read one issue of Star Wars, if you only... If you, you don't even need to follow the series, you just pick up issue fifteen, and it's like the best, and I it will not disappoint you. It just like so much cool shit happens in that issue, and it's it. The the shitty part about the Obi Wan issues is that they don't continue the story until the next storyline is over. So this issue ends wow. in a cliffhanger. Wow! So it's like I have to wait how many months for the next storyline to conclude so I can get more of the Obi Wan in between. So, that's you know, insane. Like, that's my. It, that kind of sounds awesome though. It's becoming my favorite. I I would totally be down for for just because it feels so much like it's got some like Clint Eastwood shit where he's like the man with no name just like traveling through town and like doing all this cool stuff and you get you get these fill ins like it hints at um, Luke um, why he's a good pilot and like his his like trying to become a better pilot so he can get off Tatooine even though he's a kid he still wants to get off and you get like Obi Wan even like. Deciding that he needs a better way to deal with Tusken Raiders. And you kind of see the crate Dragon skeleton in the background. So it's like, okay, that's why he develops that that call that scares the the Sand People away. And so it's like these little moments that aren't, like, huge. But you can see them, like, filling in the blanks between the things. And, like, why Obi-Wan is kind of removed from everybody else. And, like, why he's staying far away from Luke unless he needs to. And, like... It's a lot of cool shit, and I just want to see more. Because at this point, I don't think Luke knows Obi-Wan. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't know that he's there, really, because he's, like, this presence. He's kind of like his guardian angel. So I am I want more of these issues, and I want to see them happen. Because Luke does know Obi-Wan in um, A New Hope. So I want to see, like, how he gets to know who Ben Kenobi is, you know? That went on way longer Ooh. than I expected to. But that issue is fucking awesome. You need to read Star Wars 15, man. Star Wars 15 is awesome. Just, just read that shit and, and like i don't remember what the last i'm gonna look it up and we can put it in the show notes but definitely if you if you're not if you want to get some good star wars books but you don't want to follow the whole series pick up the first issue of the obi-wan like in between and then pick up 15 so i'll put both numbers in the show notes so you know which issues to, to check out but absolutely fucking the obi-wan shit's the best especially this one because the art's awesome like it just looks great and like the storyline's so cool and i just want, want yeah, more I,
2: I, i'm going to check this out once i uh once i pick it up cuz i haven't i haven't picked up comics this week unfortunately mm-hmm. but i was backed up a little so it worked yeah,
1: basically, basically this whole period of time for obi-wan is he's he's a fucking cowboy like he's just like riding in the desert and like <laughs> he's like solving people's problems and shit and they have that i mentioned in the star wars episode we did but the legends book um kenobi Goes into more of that stuff where he's just like this hero with no name who just shows up and solves people's problems and stuff. And just his whole character, like Obi Wan's becoming my favorite character in Star Wars because of all this badass in between stuff that he does that nobody knew about. Who was your favorite
2: character before Han?
1: I don't know, man. No, not even Han Solo, man. Honestly, it was probably Revan from Mm -hmm. the the Kotour games. Like Darth Revan was probably my favorite. For me, it was Yoda. Yeah, and then it's, like... So, from the actual movies, I don't even know, you know? Like, I... Because I, I like them all so much that I don't... Like, maybe Lando, like, is up there, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know if he's my favorite, because I feel like my favorite's probably, like, Mace Windu Yeah, Yoda's my favorite
2: because, like, it's so unexpected, like, that this little fucking crazy-looking creature who steals... Who steals Luke's hot dog, um... <laughs> is this Master Jedi, and then when you go back to the prequels, you see, like, the badass that, like, is Yoda. Yeah.
1: I, I was probably, like, Anakin and And you Baird see him jumping around or... like
2: a crack addict. Yeah. And, like, yeah, fucking Yoda's the man.
1: It depends where I where I am at any particular part of my life changes, like, who my favorite character is in Star Wars. Like. And he has, like, a midget
2: lightsaber. <laughs> His point. lightsaber's, like, smaller than Lights- everyone else's, yeah. which is fucking awesome.
1: So, like, you know, when I was younger, it was, like... Darth Revan, and, like, he's still one of my favorites. I think he's, like, the coolest Sith, personally. And then, like, there's Vader, and then there's Anakin, and there's Mace Windu, and then there's... You know, I like Luke, but he's he's probably not my favorite, and Han Solo's cool, but he's also not my favorite. Boa Fett's cool, he's not my... I wouldn't say they're my favorite characters, you know, but, like, Obi-Wan is really becoming, like, one of my favorite characters, just because how... Just mostly because of this stuff, and, like, how resourceful he is, and how wise he is. And it's it's just been awesome. So Obi Wan.
0: So JJ, if you're listening, make a Obi-Wan anthology film set around this I would be all over
2: that man. <laughs> I feel like I feel like each of the anthology film would be like one issue of this Obi Wan fill in series.
1: You could literally just make a movie about this and it'd be like the
2: best. And Stan would just be like, Oh no, I need to see the next one.
1: Dude, like I just And I just can't get over that art. You need to take a look at that issue because the art is just, like, so great. It just... It, it looks like it's a, it's painted. It looks a lot like Ralph Macquarie art, which
2: is, Oh, like, well, once I go to the comic shop this week, uh, I'll definitely pick that up.
0: Uh, Stan, do you know what other stuff uh, this artist has done?
1: I, this is the first I've ever seen his of his work, and he just... I don't know if he's specifically trying to, to do Ralph Macquarie style art, but it looks... So much like it that I just I can't
0: see. I uh, I'm like I don't. The name Ralph McQuarrie is like it's going over my head. I'm really sorry, Stan. But
1: Ralph McCorry did all the co- the concept art for Star Wars, and he did all the paintings oh, and like okay. he all the original trilogy stuff. If you look back, it's just like we just really like beautiful. So if you art. ever
2: look at concept art, that's all him.
1: Not all him, but like well, the, the really you know? like iconic stuff is all Ralph McCorry. Yeah. If you ever like like I don't know if you ever see any prototype. Artwork of Star Wars, like where it looks like where it's like Star, like Luke Starkiller and he's got like that mask on, and he's fighting Vader, and they have those white sabers. Like that's Ralph McCory. I've only
0: and, like, seen like I've prototype, never seen that like,
2: picture.
1: That just sounds amazing. So cool. Like I can look, I can look some up if you want to take a look. But like he's like my favorite.
0: What I'm picturing in my head because I, I I I'm trying to recall the images you sent me like uh, when we were like messaging each other, but like. I'm getting like a Alex Ross kind of feel, I mean? Is that same ballpark or? Um, it's
1: it's not far off, but it's like I'll I'll just you just Google Ralph McQuarrie and you'll see like some of his awesome, like this this is the one I'm talking about yeah
2: right that's here. the one that I was trying to
1: like stuff like that Especially oh you that see looks and, cool like, as shit yeah but yeah definitely Google Ralph McQuarrie because. His art's just the best.
0: Awesome! So in the show notes, we can find Ralph McQuarrie's like, like artist page, and then we we can put that in the show notes. Yep. Awesome.
2: All right, Dan. Want to move on to your video game?
1: <sighs> yeah, I'm kind of talked out from the Star Wars stuff, but I can do, I can do uh, some <laughs> some <laughs> other stuff. Um, I started playing Resident Evil Zero. Um, the HD version came out on the nineteenth, on the PS4 and the PC and it, did Xbox One, Xbox, Xbox version. I, am, I don't know, man. Like PS4 though, is where <sighs> I played it. Um, have you played? Have you played some of it, Andy? Yeah, yeah. So, um, if you don't know anything about Resident Evil, I don't. This is not. This is not the place to start. <laughs> this is a prequel. This is Zero, but Resident Evil the remake is still the best part. To start. This is sort of in place to fill in the blanks for people who are fans of the series. Um because it, it like
2: it it fills in the questions like where's Wesker? Like what what's going on? And like look- what's
1: what's the connection between Wesker and William Birkin from Resident Evil Two? Like what you know where are the origins of the umbrella corporation from the t virus where did that start and it it gives and also you, why
2: did it affect the mansion and like yeah and like certain things. why do the
1: outbreaks happen and this goes into explaining that and that's not necessarily where you want to start cuz it spoils all the good stuff from the other games like the reveals from the original game and so this this is more for people who've played the other games and another thing that it's it's, I think it's the last classic survival horror game that Capcom's done for Resident Evil. It is. It's like the last one before they went into the other stuff and even though it is classic survival horror, there is a lot of um, changes that they made to the formula where it feels almost like it's a stepping stone between classic Resident Evil and say like Resident Evil 5. You mean 4? Four? 4 and 5 but I was thinking 5 in, in the sense of um, oh, like a- the action... AI partners, yeah. So you get you you're Re- you play as Rebecca. You start as Rebecca, then you find Billy, who's like an escaped convict, and you explore. You start the train car in the forest in in the Arclay Mountains, and then you move on towards some other locations. But it's it feels like that they're tr- they're playing with the formula of sort of moving into a more action-y, co-op-y kind of way even though it's not actually co-op which I think is a missed opportunity with this re-release.
2: I think they could have totally added a second controller so that two players could have...
1: At least like couch co-op I feel would have been good because you're honestly it's... You're swapping between playing as Rebecca and Billy on the fly. You basically press a button and you'll swap between playing as her to playing as him and it, it happens almost instantaneously. And they're not always joined at the hip. So you can actually control them independently. You can have one wait and have someone else move into like a different room or a different part of the mansion or the train car or wherever you are. And you just swap back back in immediately by pressing try. You, you know?
2: can also, using the left and right analog stick, uh, one will control the one player while the other one will control the other player. So you can have Billy and Rebecca run around or like run in opposite directions or towards each other.
1: And I think that's necessary because there's been so many times where I'm trying to manipulate a puzzle and someone else is standing, like, yeah. like Rebecca or Billy standing right there. It's
2: so helpful. It's so good. Um, I think moving from that to like the Resident Evil 5 Sheva or like Resident Evil 4 Ashley Um, I don't really like that partner system so much.
1: Ashley's, like, just definitely... Ashley's late.
2: the worst.
1: She's, it's just, it's...
2: Like, if she had a gun, fine. That's, like, my
1: least favorite part of Resident Evil 4 is, like, the whole, like...
2: Having babysitting Ashley. Babysitting
1: Ashley. But anyway, so, Resident Evil Zero, it's kind of a mess. You know what I'm saying? Like, because there's... It's slowly pulling away from the traditional survival horror um, that Resident Evil is usually known for. But they're doing it in a way that doesn't necessarily work all the time, I feel, because they're how do I explain this? So in Resident Evil you have these item boxes and stuff that connect to other item boxes, which is not like realistic at all, but it makes sense in a in a video game perspective because it's it's reducing on back traveling. Yeah. Like going backtracking and like going back to items and stuff because they're all connected so you put something in one room in the item box and then it's in the item box in the other room right so you, it just it's where you need it this one it's like you're carrying everything and you're putting it down and then it just it's down in the world
2: but the thing uh, that I really like about that system is that at least when you check your map it shows you where shows you where where it, where it is but I think I,
1: I don't know if I feel like that it would have been better if they combined both the item boxes and leaving items anywhere, you know, because it, it makes it kind of tedious. Because I I don't know, have you played Resident Evil Zero like on the GameCube when it came out? No. Okay, so I played only the train portion, which is the, the beginning like hour or two, and then you move on to several different areas. So this game takes place in a train, a training facility, which is basically another mansion, and then you have like a laboratory, a chapel. It's like you're moving across different locations. And so you have to carry all of your shit to every new location. So you have to purposely pick up all the important items and then bring it to you and drop it in the main hub area of whatever new location you're at. So when, when you go from the train to the training facility, they're kind of there automatically, but you have to move them to the main hall. And then you have to do that again. If you, when you move on to like the lab later on, so you have to, and there's like some of these items that you have to lug because they're basically useless, like the hook shot. There's like this grappling hook that you get that's almost useless except for a couple of areas, and you need to carry that thing with you. And it takes up two slots in your inventory. So you're carrying this, and you only have Rebecca's got six, Billy has got six. And so if you're thinking about guns, ammo, health, um, key items, and then you have to carry something that's like useless just to move it to a different location, it becomes like really bothersome. And um, what I found worked for me while playing is that you you aren't looking at Billy and Rebecca as two different characters. You're looking at them as basically like your left hand and your right hand. There's like, you have 12 spots for items instead of you have six for Rebecca. Because when I first started playing, I was fitting them like they were separate entities. Like, Billy's got a handgun, Rebecca's got a handgun. They got hand bu- They both got handgun bullets. And then it started becoming too like, cumbersome when I got the shotgun, when I had, like, all these, like, key items that I needed. So I ended up having, like, assigning, say, Rebecca to having the shotgun and the shells, and Billy had the handgun, and then I left the other handgun, and...
2: It's funny, because I made that same exact choice. Like, I was doing the same thing, going about it as two separate people, and then uh, and then I was like, well, there's a shotgun here. I'll give Billy the shotgun, him the shotgun shells, Rebecca will be handgun with handgun bullets, and like we'll move on from there.
1: But they don't really they don't really make that clear that that's the case. So you're kind of playing it as what makes sense. Like you wouldn't leave someone without a handgun, right? Like if there's an actual like situation, you'd have people holding as many guns as possible. But you really have to limit yourself. You have to remove like that. Just seemed like totally counterintuitive to me and it didn't even click until i like looked up some tips online for this game and they're like oh you know like keep billy's custom handgun because it's more powerful than rebecca star's handgun and then like give the other person a shotgun and split up the ammo and split up the health and so it just it doesn't it's not necessarily sensical in some ways and it's really messy because you're leaving shit everywhere (laughs) it just (laughs) looks messy you're like running around and there's like crap everywhere you know, and it just, it's just—it's kind of like, yes, it's good that that the map shows you exactly where all the items are, but it has to, because otherwise, then yeah. it would make no fucking sense. There'd be like anarchy. The items are just fucking strewn about everywhere, and I don't know. It just doesn't—it doesn't really make any sense in some ways, and and it's it's too early for me to to really cast judgment on this game, because I on the GameCube I only played up until the train <laughs> portion, and then I got too scared. I was like, fuck this, <laughs> I can't play anymore. And then um, it wasn't until just now that I started really act- actively playing it, and so I got past the the train and I got past the training facility, and I'm I'm currently going into the lab section of the game, which is like about halfway. And um, I like it, and I, and it's always good to have classic Resident Evil survival horror gameplay, but it's I it's definitely not my favorite. So I mean,
2: I've never played Resident Evil Zero, surprisingly, and uh, I was able to do the train portion based off of my knowledge from uh, Resident Evil Umbrella Chronicles. Mm. So, like, I knew exactly where I was going based off of that game. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, just
1: I know you? You're still in the beginning, but where do you how? What are your feelings on it so far? Like, do you, do you think it would it like ranks
2: or right is it, now. Or is it too too
1: soon to say. Right now,
2: three is still my favorite.
1: Three, yeah. I my, the remake still definitely my favorite. To me, it's
2: definitely like three, one, two.
1: The remake is, I think, just that was my other problem. Not to like get too sidetracked, but it didn't. None of the locations in Zero feel iconic to me, like the mansion or like Raccoon City. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it feels like. The, these locations you're running through are memorable. They're all, like, forgettable. Yeah, like, the locations that I'm running through just keep feel like... The train was cool, but the train was also really narrow. And there wasn't, like, a lot of, like, cool stuff going on. And, and it didn't make any sense. There's, like, a suitcase that you need two different rings to open. And there's a key card, and that's the only way you can get in there. And then you need a separate card for the break. Like, who builds a train like that?
2: Um, it's funny because... Not to get sidetracked here, but, um... At one point, I was playing it with my friend, and he uh, he was like, "Yo, why the fuck do I need two rings to like open up this briefcase?" And You're just at the moment, at the moment, Billy had the knife, like, and he had the briefcase. I was like, "Why well, doesn't Billy just take the fucking knife and like rip that shit open?" Yeah, That's what just, I would have did.
1: It doesn't not sound like it's a metal suitcase. It's like and made then, of leather.
2: Yeah, it's like a leather suitcase. So then, then uh, we get both rings. We put the rings in. And then we open it and it's just a card key. And I was like, really? It's not even like important documents, nothing. It's just a card key.
1: Yeah, and the card key just opens the door and you go through and then it's like you need to stop the train and there's brakes and the brakes are on two separate sides of the train. And like, who, like, like I said before, who fucking built this train? And then,
2: and then the brake system is fucking insane. You have to do 10 digits yeah. adding up to one number. If you need
1: to put in like a fucking math code. In so, there.
2: like, uh, my, my friend was actually doing the train, uh, the train brake portion and he did Rebecca's perfect, the first, the the back brakes. He did it perfectly on his first try without knowing what the fuck he was doing. The second time he did it uh, with Billy, the number is eighty-one. So he was like, "Oh, this is easy." So he just pressed nine like nine times, and I was like, "No, you need to add up to ten numbers." He was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and that like completely fucked him up.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like well, we need to stop in emergency in a real emergency situation. You need the emergency break. You got to put in like a math code. Like w- what? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And it's just like. You have these things going on where you're like, and I, I guess it's just like the gamey, like adventure style of gameplay that Resident Evil, the classic Resident Evils are like. But you know, you have like different keys in different locations, and you need a key to open up a key to get a the a fucking statue to put on like a a thing and like to weigh it to counterbalance it because the scales of justice or something. Like what I don't understand any of this shit. What is going on? Like, I don't know. Like.
2: I, don't, I can't even, Resident I, Evil broke Stan.
1: I'm like it, I'm running in circles because it's just it's just ridiculous the, and and I mean it's like it's part of the course when you look at the classic Resident Evils and how they work but it's a little it's a little silly, you know, it doesn't make any sense but um in terms of the HD remaster, I think they did a really good job. And I think it looks gorgeous. I think
2: the cutscenes look amazing.
1: I think like even like the locations might not be memorable, but they look great. Like you see paintings on the wall and you can see the details in the painting. I've also
2: noticed that like um when you see like stranded dead bodies on the train, they're not just like painted there. They're actually like they're moving. moving. And like every time the train hits a bump you see the arms swaying back yeah, and I, forth.
1: I remember that from the Yeah. I remember it looking that way in the GameCube version, like the the change from, say, the Resident Evil Remake um, backgrounds, which were more static, to the more, like, what's the word?
2: The more flushed out.
1: Yeah, the the more, like, grounded the, the ones in Zero were with everything moving around you and stuff. And so the them remastering it in HD just looks like so good. So, like, the remake one looked, like, up Like, it was good in the remake, too, but you can tell that they were, like, static images. And so them doing it this way looks even better. And I think a lot of it's really good. And, like, I, I'm i really impressed with how everything, like, just kind of works for this remake. Just, like, moving with the with the newer controls. And then you have the... The tank controls on the D-pad, and but the the actual face buttons are what tripped me up because I'm used to bringing up like the menu and the map with triangle, and that becomes the, oh me too yeah that that becomes the swap characters button in this one. So every time like through muscle memory, I want to bring up the menu, accidentally switch characters, and then square used to be run, I think yeah, and now it's the menu and circles run. So everything's like out of like fucking yeah. Couldn't you just like repro So it's like controls. what is going on and. You, you can, to an extent, there's controller types, and then if you go into the actual PS4 dashboard, you can do ex- accessibility options and swap circle and square, so when you're playing the game, you can, like, reorient the controls, but then that becomes, like, an ordeal, because you gotta go back out into the menu, you gotta make sure it's... Swapped again when you play anything else, and it's just there isn't like an actual like remapping of the buttons when you actually
2: it's like all set remaps, yeah. So it's and like... then it it's a hassle to, to to like go further and
1: yeah. So it's by default, it's analog stick for modern controls, d pad for tank controls, right analog stick controls your partner, and then face buttons do face button
2: face stuff, face
1: button stuff, and then like. R1 I think is to draw your weapon and then you press X to reload or something like that. X to shoot.
2: Circle to reload.
1: Do you really press X to shoot? Yeah. Wow. I didn't even <laughs> I'm like I'm like so in tune to the game that I don't even know where my fingers are doing <laughs> sometimes. So, yeah, so the controls are a little strange. I like There are there are issues that I have with the game itself, but that was stuff that was present in the the 2002 version of the game you know so it's like there's not much they can do though I, I feel like with them having the game broken up and so so many like specific locations like train training facility etc that they could have like added an extra mode like they did with the wesker mode right of Making a co-op, an online co-op mode where they just chop these things up to chapters and you would just play the train mode with someone online. And then you can move on to, like, the training facility if you wanted to keep playing. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like that wouldn't have been too hard. And I feel like even in the, on the GameCube when, when this came out, I was like, ah man, why can't you play this shit co-op? Why are, you, why are there two characters and you don't get to, like, have a buddy c- control the other character, you know? And so those same things are, like, at play here, too even though this game is, like, a 2002 game. So it has those issues. But um, they do bring it into the modern era with the graphics and the modern control type. And they, they do this cool thing with the costumes. I don't think you, you've seen where you can bring up the briefcase in the... Oh, yeah, I've you, already...
2: I did it by accident.
1: Yeah, so you can bring up the... In, in the remake, you had to go to an actual room and change the costumes while you're playing the game but like in zero you can change characters costumes on the fly by going to the menu and swapping the costumes out that way and i i love the layout of the costumes because it shows you the actual preview of the costume and then it tells you where that costume's from um what i don't like is that all the costumes were dlc and you have to pay extra for that shit
2: oh actually um when you get the physical version you get three costumes for free Three costumes for Rebecca, two costume and one costume for Billy.
1: Yeah, but like I, I bought it digitally.
2: But then there's the ten dollar DLC That's pack,
1: a, the DLC for the complete costume pack, which is just garbage because there is no add on DLC for for the remake.
2: Which, which also pack. means that I have to pay ten dollars to buy two, three of the costumes that I already own.
1: Yeah, and there's there's like I bought the I bought it digitally. 'Cause I have the remaster digitally, so it came with two costumes. It came with a, a costume for Billy, a costume for Rebecca, and then like a t shirt for Rebecca. And I didn't like either of the costumes in the in the digital pre order because it was like cheerleader Rebecca and then it was like Wolf Force Cody I mean, um, Billy or something. And I really wanted like the the OG costumes for Rebecca and the Cody costume for Billy. And so I had, I fucking paid Tanaj for that stupid DLC because I just, I needed the fucking costumes. And I'm pissed about it because why the hell did I have to do that? You know? But I saw it and I was like, it was like 1996 Rebecca, 1997 Rebecca, prototype Resident Evil Zero Nintendo 64 Rebecca. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I can play with the Nintendo 64 costume. (laughs) Like, I can play with. The original 1996 costume from the original release of Resident Evil. I can play with the 1997 Director's Cut costume. Like, come on. These are the fucking coolest costumes. And they make you pay for them.
2: I don't know. I got this really cool costume for Billy, which was like... Like his tuxedo looking...
1: I think that's in the base game. Really? Yeah. He has like he looks like a yakuza or something. Yeah, yeah that's the one I picked. He looks, that's, that's what I he have. He looks like a delinquent. I'm like, yes. He looks fucking like, badass. I, I, I swap. I kept swap, swapping between Cody from Street Fighter and then um the suit. And I think the the Cody one is funny, but the suit one is like so cool. It's
2: kind of like Gangster Leon in yeah. Resident Evil Four. It looks oh, so man. good.
1: But Gangster Leon has the scarf.
2: And he also has the infinite Tommy Gun. Oh
1: yeah, the the Chicago typewriter. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, like in summation, Resident Evil Zero is fun, and if you want more Resident Evil survival survival horror stuff, if you want classic um, survival horror, this is you. It won't do you wrong, but you have to go in with the with the knowledge that it's it's taking steps away from the classic formula, so it's not exactly the way you expect it to play.
2: It's like Resident Evil Classic going to. The newer Resident it Evil. It does a
1: better job of bridging the gap in some ways than Revelations 1 did. Yeah. Because, you know, Revelations Definitely. 1 started and it tried to be, like, the classic ones and then end as, like, the action mm. horror. And I feel like this one does it a little bit better because it, it feels like... It plays and it feels and it operates like a classic Resident Evil, but it has ideas present in the modern ones.
2: The thing with with uh Revelations is... I enjoyed the fuck out of that game.
1: Resident Evil Revelations is a great game. The
2: swimming sucked.
1: I didn't like it towards the end because it got way too much to like the modern Resident Evils. Which I... Don't get me wrong. I do like the modern action horror Resident Evils, But they're not as good as the classic ones for me. Yeah. Like I like the slower pace of the classic ones. And like they're scarier to me than the action ones. You know? But... Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I mean like... I can give you a full review once I finish it, but that's the state of things right now. Resident Evil Zero HD.
2: I will definitely share my review once I finish it also.
0: Yeah. Nice. And when that review is ready, check it out on com Or on the podcast. I'm not sure if you guys get going to write it down or talk about it on this, on next show.
1: I might. like. We'll see.
0: Well, stay tuned, guys, for more Resident Evil. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Um, so yeah, so that was our last topic, Stan. That was great. Um, anything else?
1: <sighs> Honestly, I'm tired. <laughs> so
0: you wrap tired? up. Um, oh, um, I just want—I think I, I just want to mention one more thing. I—I I, I guess going around full—oh, wow, I'm tired too. Going around full circle with um, with our news flash. I just—it just popped in my head. And I think it's really cool. Um, uh, this past weekend, uh, Kevin Smith, he um, released... or His latest film, Yoko Hoser's, um, was screened at Sundance. And he was doing a expose with his daughter, who's one of the main characters uh, in the movie, starring alongside Lily Rose Depp, who's like Johnny Depp's kid. And the, the two of them are childhood friends. Um mm-hmm they were doing an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, and there was this one line in the interview relating back to all of our discussions of Harley Quinn, um, which made me, like, really, like, emotional, because, like, like, all all three of us are huge Kevin Smith fans, and I've been listening to Kevin Smith's podcast for, like, a long time and his Q&As and stuff, and and it's really cool to see, like, Harley Quinn Smith. Like, for those who don't know, um, Kevin Smith's daughter uh is named Harley Quinn after the character and it's 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 even more cool cuz um Kevin Smith's wife um uh Jennifer Swalbach like she's not really too big into comics but she loved the character enough and she she was the one who suggested to Kevin that they should name their daughter Harley Quinn which is great uh anyway so in this Hollywood report or Hollywood uh article Harley Quinn Smith uh she was like she was mentioning or telling the reporter that it's her life dream and she won't she won't die until she c- accomplishes this goal. She wants to play Harley Quinn in the future in, in, in like some future movie. I don't know if DC's going to do a reboot or whatever, but Harley Quinn wants to play Harley Quinn and this made Kevin Smith like cry with joy because I think that's one of the greatest things like a, a father could know. Especially like a nerd icon father like Kevin Smith is to to hear, and I thought that was really special and really touching. I I shared I shared it on Facebook, and I just wanted to mention it on the podcast because I, I think that's. I amazing. agree with
2: it. She should go for it.
0: Yeah, and like Harley Quinn Smith, like she's like um, she's done like some some prior acting. Uh, she was in Tusk, and um, I think she's really talented, and she's a smart all around. Good head on her shoulders, really charismatic individual, and I can uh, give her give her a couple more years, and maybe I don't know what's the whole timeline or trajectory for like the rest of the DC movie um, timeline, but you know, I think I think she'll she'll do a good job, and um, and like Kevin Smith, you know, he has a lot, he has a lot of pool, a lot of connections, so I'm sure he can. Um, you know somehow make it happen one way or another maybe if not on the big screen maybe he, harley quinn smith could voice harley quinn in an animated movie also the royal
1: rumbles tonight as of, oh. as, of as of this recording, oh, so, recording yeah. on Sunday night. so the wwe royal rumble 2016 is happening and um you guys have any predictions because this episode, this episode is going to go live on Wednesday. So
2: I don't watch Royal Rumble. No, I know, I, mean, I, I know, watch I know you
1: guys don't fucking watch wrestling. That's the whole point. That's the joke. That's the, the conceit me to, of me you telling me to, you to make, to to make predictions.
0: I think. So wait, Stan is is the Undertaker still around? Because like, my I think, uh, the Undertaker.
2: I think Mick Foley is going to try to take on the Undertaker, and then out of nowhere, Ultimate Warrior. Along, oh, Ultimate <laughs> Warrior. Along with rest Stone Cold Steve Austin. But you do know will, that like, Ultimate Warrior come died, like Shut up <laughs> This is my prediction. Okay. This is my okay. prediction. I, I still mourn for him
0: too. I love him.
2: So so Ultimate Warrior <laughs> and Stone Cold Steve Austin are gonna wind up tag matching McFoley and the Undertaker. And then Dwayne That's what's the gonna happen. Johnson
0: rises out from the center of the stage.
2: No, and then Macho Man comes in and steals the win. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> you
1: guys you guys know what the Royal Rumble is though, right? Yeah.
0: It's a, it's a giant battle royale, right?
1: It's like 30 men um the last person standing wins and they they get the opportunity to go to WrestleMania to wrestle for the the championship, the the WWE championship, the main one. This year though, the actual Royal Rumble match is the WWE championship match. So whoever's left is the champion.
2: That's crazy. No. That's insane. Battle and the cur- Royale. The current, the current champion
1: Roman Reigns is the first person in. So if he wants to keep his title, he's got to go through all 30 men and like be the last man standing. So Wait,
0: Stan, how do they decide like who's the first and who's the last to go in? Like is They a- usually
1: do it by random drawings. So they'll like it's not. Oh, I mean, like, come on, it's scripted, right? So they they have it predetermined. But in the show, like, kayfabe, they draw like they have like a lottery and they pull out numbers for for the wrestlers, and that's when they that's when they enter. Um, yeah, I don't know who the fuck's in this because um, I'm not really f- closely following wrestling right now. I just know that tonight is the rumble. So you know, I think maybe Brock Lesnar or triple h triple h or like you know like it'd be so awesome if if undertaker came back and and won i it's so super unlikely
0: is, is the undertaker retired right now or
1: he's like- not but like this might be his last year because he's already lost the the WrestleMania streak oh. and he's like he's getting up there but he's like he he competes like one or tw- once or twice a year usually WrestleMania or SummerSlam or both and so like this might if this is going to be his last year it'd be awesome if he won the title and just like dropped it at mania yeah but I doubt I doubt that's possible, but yeah, I don't know. Like I did I honestly until I looked it up, I had no idea that the title was on the line for the for this match, so I I might actually watch it. Maybe. So
0: is that <laughs> is that like a pay per view showtime? Yeah. Pay-per-view? Okay.
1: Yeah, it's a pay per view. Um you can get it on the WWE network if you are so inclined, but Yeah, man, fucking Royal Rumble.
0: The only my only my only experience with Royal Rumble I like, was I might I might have watched it when I was like I don't know like ten or twelve, but I, I love playing like the Royal Rumble modes in one of the video games. That was so much fun and oh, yeah. um I don't remember which which game it was though. I think it was for the one of the, one of the ones on the Playstation. But I just remember like I went through this phase during like the PSX era where I just played a shit ton of wrestling. And it was just so awesome. Like For I'm, me,
1: that was N64. I'm like always playing wrestling games. Not not the most recent ones, but I, I just got...
2: Actually, I said... I believe I said it on the podcast too. I would have bought uh, WWE 2K16 if Stephen Amell was playable.
1: And he's not. And he, he wasn't. And he wasn't. That's so Maybe 2017. Maybe
2: 2017. He did wrestle, so... The fuck?
1: Yeah, yeah he's undefeated right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... I was gonna pick up Two K Sixteen because Stone Cold was like the main wrestler, and he's like one of my favorites. But I heard the game was garbage, so I, I didn't want to play it. I actually rebought WWF, WWF No Mercy for the Nintendo sixty four, and that one lets you have a hundred man Royal Rumble.
2: I actually have hundred man Royal. Rumble. I, I still have that one.
1: Yeah, just yeah, man. That, that was like my. I think that's my favorite. That, that one, yeah, that one. And here comes the pain for the PS two best wrestling games. You know why? Here yeah. comes the pain for PS two. I'll tell you why. So, you it not only did it have like the best roster. It had Stone Cold, Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, you know, all, all the favorites, right? It, I think it was the first time that Stone Cold and Goldberg were in the same game at the same time. And it had a it had a season mode where you could swap any of the characters so you could have custom rosters for the season mode. And so it would be like a different storyline each time. So, one year I made like a giant banana man Right, and so he was like a giant guy in a banana costume, right? And then I made myself, and I made I I changed the WWE roster. I think WWF at the time. WWF, yeah. That roster had custom characters in it, so it wasn't like your standard stuff. And you can even make sure that they're he, like heels or faces, like good guys or bad guys, right? And so, like, of course, I was the good guy, right? And I had like different stuff, and then the banana man was the was the heel. <laughs> he was a bad guy, right? And and a little cook aside but they let you do cool shit like you could take out at the time like regular Undertaker from the roster and replace him with like Legend Undertaker from Classic Undertaker oh my God. so he would be there instead of him but anyway so like it was the Royal Rumble in the season mode or whatever and I won the Royal Rumble and it turned out the champion was the fucking banana <laughs> So, it did, like, a three-month storyline of me versus the banana, and there was, like, in- there was, like, in- studio, like, interviews with me and the banana, like, hyping up our match at WrestleMania. (laughs) (laughs) So, it was, like, it was fucking insane, and fucking... Uh,
0: Two things, two things, we should do a Let's Play... Of like of a wrestling game and do like a Royal Rumble and like try to we should do something crazy like that banana. I guy. should
1: like dig up here comes the pain and like make it make the banana come back.
0: Exactly, let's bring,
1: do it. Bring bring the banana back.
0: Bring the banana back. And t- Chris,
1: we we saw we saw that we went to the retro game stores we went to. They had it out for PS2. Oh, dude, and like why did yeah, you pick it? Up? I might, I might get it at some point because that it was one of my favorites. So and I have no
2: mercy again. So maybe I'll just grab that one. I have no mercy somewhere in my room. Hell yeah, Chris. What were you saying? Sorry.
0: Oh, uh, that's fine. Uh, number two, like uh, about s- Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, a week a week ago, I was driving to um, like my first day on the job for my oh first day of my new job, and I was listening to this podcast called Sampler, which is by Gimlet Media, which is basically this. Um, the host, I can't recall her name. I'm I'm sorry, but like check it out. Up Media Sampler. She takes snippets of like all the weirdest and quirkiest pieces of audio from obscure podcasts and presents it on the show. And she was talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast called The Steve Austin Show Unleashed. And I
1: love that show, by the way. If you're listening to this Fucking listen to that well, show. Well, we
0: talked about it on this podcast before.
1: I know, but like, I want it well documented that that's one of my favorite podcasts yeah. to listen to. Um, I,
0: I don't, so I to this point, I still haven't listened to it yet. But like the the one segment they they were talking about, which captured my imagination, it was this story or this anecdote where Steve Austin booked a guest to come in on the show, but they canceled or something went wrong, so it became like, 45 minutes of Steve Austin talking to a mic and getting to, like, a mock wrestling match with a fly that lands on his microphone. And, like, so he's, he's, like, talking to the mic in his own voice, and then he's talking as the fly, trash-talking back to Steve Austin. It's like, what the fuck are you doing, fly? Get off my mic. And the mic's like, what are you gonna do about it, bitch? And, and like, like, they distort the, the voice to make... To let you know that it's the fly. And yeah. then and it, it goes to a mock wrestling match like all it is is audio but you hear like a bell dinging and then you hear like punching and like swatting and then like like him like doing a drop elbow and it's so awesome so i'm sorry that, that that's what popped in my head when you mentioned S- steve austin so so check I it love out
1: this podcast man like one of the one of the earlier shows that he did because i started watching um listening from the beginning is he interviews himself for a whole episode so so he is himself as steve austin um, interviewing Stone Cold Steve Austin, like, his wrestling persona. So, it's, like, him as a person interviewing him as a wrestler, and it's, like, him... He's, like, trying to be very polite, and then Steve... And, like, Stone Cold's, like, a total asshole, because he's Stone Cold. So, it's, like, the whole episode is just like that, and it's just... It's so funny. Like, he, he does such great... Sorry, I keep dropping my phone, but, like, it's, like... Sometimes he does a show where he, he'll talk about, like wrestling stuff and then sometimes we will just do a show where he just like talks about living on a ranch and like shooting deer and like (laughs) just being like being like being someone who lives in like all
0: American American
1: yeah I just he just his show is great but yeah
0: and also you should also check out the Talk with Jericho podcast with Chris Jericho that's a really cool show
1: yeah he has a good show too
0: yeah cool um yeah so So is that a week guys I think that's a week
1: that is a week right so guys if you're listening at home Uh, you can catch us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. You want to catch us, you know, on the internet, supernerdpals.com. That's where you can find all of our our Twitter, our Instagram, the show itself. Chris worked long into the night to get all the episodes up on the, on the website. So it's all there for you, for your perusal. Um, I'm Stan Gdorski. You get me on Twitter at Stan Doom. This is Andy Carisquillo.
2: You can get me on Twitter at Sweet Justice One Chris Sampson, and Closet.
0: Hey yo, you can find me on Twitter at Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's KYO Ninja for Hire.
1: Guys, you can catch us also on Facebook.com slash group slash Nerd pals. Super active. Mostly Chris. But yeah. <laughs> still still super active. Um, we sometimes we drop links that we discuss on the show, like the the Captain America link that I mentioned at the top of the show. Um, So it's a good, it's a good repository for the stuff that we watch and read and interact with during the week.
0: Oh, and also it's an open group. So if you know of any friends or family who are interested in nerd stuff and you think they would be a fan of the community, please invite them. And it's, it's open and tell them to join and spread the community, spread the word.
1: Yeah, tell your friends. That's the most important part. Tell them about the show. Tell them about the group. Tell them about the website. Whatever it is, if you think someone's interested, let them know. That's how the show grows. Now, the way the show grows, you go on iTunes and you give us a good rating. Give us those delicious five stars because that's what keeps us full and fed and ready for the next episode. But yeah, that was Super Nerd Pals number 48. Yeah. Thank you for listening.